Hello and welcome to the Film Pulse Podcast. This is episode number 491. My name is Adam Patterson. With me today, we've got Kevin Rickshaw. Hey, Kevin. Yeah, hey, how's it going? Uh, good, it's going good. You know, I uh, this is my favorite time of year. I, I love I love yes. this this time of year. It's it's my my ultimate. Like October, November, man. Those are the those are the best two months for me. Hell yeah! You know the the, the weather's changing. The the the, the fall. The, there's a little bit of a crisp crispness in the air, and of oh, course yeah. you got you got Halloween. You know you got you, you got, got spooky. Spookiness. Yeah, you got you got spooky season. Very exciting. What more could you want? Spookiness and cardigans. Come on now. Oh oh yeah oh yeah. Well, this week on the show, we're we're getting into the uh, the the Halloween spirit with a review of Totally Killer, which is out now on Amazon Prime. Also, be going over someone watching on the watch list and this week's new releases in theaters, VOD, and Blu-ray. Thank you so much for joining us this week. If you have a moment, consider reviewing us on iTunes. It'd be great. Uh, I think we can just jump straight on in. Uh, one one note about. Uh, the new save by the 90s we're going to be recording it this week it's going to be the halloween special and i'll tell you right now like the theme that we're doing this year is a made for tv halloween we have so much fun every year doing a made for tv christmas that we decided for halloween this year we would do a made for tv halloween and cover four made for tv halloween horror movies so very excited very excited for that I got. I watched a couple of them so far, and I gotta say they are absolutely ridiculous, and I can't wait to dive into them. Speaking of ridiculous, let's talk about Totally Killer. This is uh, directed by Nanchaka Khan. I have a synopsis here: When the infamous Sweet Sixteen killer returns thirty-five years later after his first murder spree to claim another victim, seventeen-year-old Jamie accidentally travels back in time. To 1987, determined to stop the killer before he can start. Um, I, I think I'll start this one off uh, this week. I I was kind of interested in this. It looked like a fun horror comedy. Uh, time travel. I like time travel movies. Uh, but I gotta say, I was really disappointed with this one. Uh, I didn't find it very funny. I didn't find it very scary. So I feel like it was kind of a a letdown on on both of the genres that it's dabbling in and mm-hmm. the time traveling element is feels very I, I almost want to say extraneous where it's just it's so limited in the time travel stuff because like most of the movie just takes place in 1987 and and so like i feel like the time travel stuff is just very minimal and I also kind of, um, I kind of predicted at least one element of what was going to happen. So like, it wasn't a surprise when it did happen for me. Um, so yeah, overall initial impressions, just not feeling this one. I mean, it's especially the, uh, the time travel stuff. It's just like, we just need a way obviously to get her back to 1987. And then it was just, I mean, it was kind of discussed, but it was just, it was done after that. You know what I mean? So you don't really have that. You're right that it's not really that scary at all. Like in in terms of being, you know, like a slasher, it's, it's eh. 
And then the comedies really hit or miss. Like I did chuckle a couple times. I'll but tell this you, this is one of those weird. Oh, this is one of those weird ones where I'll say like, I can't say I loved it, but like it was entertaining enough for me that I wasn't like sorely disappointed or anything. But I mean, that's not saying much. I I will say uh, the the scene. I I got a few chuckles out of it too. To be clear. I didn't think it was, I didn't, most of like the jokes and stuff didn't land for me, but there were a few things that, that made me chuckle. I thought the funniest scene, it was just a very small throwaway thing was when she brought the, uh, the DNA evidence like that, that scene where he's like, he's like, what is, what is this? What what are you giving me? Randall Park. And she's like, oh, it's a, the killer, I, I hit the killer. He was bleeding. I, I got some of his blood. You can scan that for DNA. <laughs> He's like, what are you talking about? And then I love how he throws the bag on the ground at the end. <laughs> I thought Randall Park was really funny in this. I think he was probably the the funniest character. Um, unfortunately, he wasn't in it a lot, but he plays the sheriff back in the, in the 80s one. You know, there were a few kind of 80s, gags that were funny like they'll always kind of be funny like they address the fact that the 80s was just so politically incorrect uh i mean that that was kind of a running gag throughout this where Mm -hmm. you know but just the casual racism of the 80s and how everybody was smoking all the time and you know just just certain certain aspects of the 80s that they kind of poked fun at which I, I liked most of that stuff i thought was was pretty good yeah i think i think there was enough that worked well enough that like i said that it was marginally entertaining you know enough that i wasn't like god jesus christ like i, I wasted a saturday night yeah um and and i didn't uh I, I i didn't really like the the visuals i didn't like the look of the killer i didn't think it was very clever i didn't like any of the kills i thought that they were all just you know pretty pretty boring like they're just kind of oh somebody's getting stabbed you know i do gotta say that that like i don't know that that part of it was the thing that didn't work for me because it just felt like way too visceral and jarring like in terms of like the overall atmosphere of this where it was like slightly silly a comedy and then next thing you know it's just one splatter getting like brutally stabbed not like an inventive kill or like creativity or anything it's just a big ass knife going into a teenage girl's midsection Six, 16 yeah times. 16 times and you're just like you're just like jesus christ this is perhaps a bit too brutal for what everything else is going on in this movie because everything else is pretty like fun like silly somewhat lighthearted, and then it's just like brutal stabbing yeah um it is kind of interesting how the everything is played up for laughs for the most part and then when those killings occur it's like it's almost too serious like i feel like that mm-hmm. there's a way that you can kill somebody and even make it gory but do it in sort of a i don't, I don't know like a, a more like a less serious way the way that you yeah, I just, like it shoot just, it or you just make it so over the top that it becomes goofy, you know, like something like that. Yeah. But in this, in this case, you're right. It, it was pretty, 
pretty serious. Pretty pretty brutal. Yeah, it, like every time like someone would get stabbed or like throat slit or something like that, it was just like Jesus Christ, <laughs> God damn. <laughs> I didn't I didn't particularly think that the like the killer reveal or any of that stuff was uh, very eye opening or surprising or anything. I didn't no, really it, care it also, for that. It also didn't. Yeah. Because that that guy's that guy's moving, you know? Like he's been training. <laughs> well yeah. And you know that mother you know that motherfucker ain't got no athleticism whatsoever. Well well, yeah, I was gonna say something, but it was gonna be a spoiler. Uh I liked uh, I, I like Kiernan Shipka who plays the the lead Jamie in this. I liked I watched I don't know if I watched the whole series of the Sabrina um, Netflix show. I, I don't, I can't remember if I watched the whole thing or just like the first couple or maybe three seasons, but I actually kind of liked that show and I thought she did a good job in that role. And I think she's fine in this too. Um, and then, you know, as far as like all the other performances go, I thought that they were all just fine. No complaints there. There was another thing that I liked about how they handled the time travel stuff because you know, of course, with any any time travel movie, you're always going to be getting into, like, the paradoxes of, of time travel. And the way that they kind of handled that in this one, I thought was interesting, where they, like, referenced the Mandela effect and how in the future, as Jamie was, like, changing things in the past, they were still kind of remembering the way that it originally was so like everything that she was changing was kind of turning into a Mandela effect type of thing and I actually kind of mm-hmm. liked that and also the whole like oh if you like mess around with like your your parents and their timeline it could cause you to not be born or whatever how they how they kind of explain like that that wouldn't happen I, that made more sense to me than like Back the Back to the Future logic, where they would just like kind of disappear. Yeah. So I thought that you know they they didn't like dive super deep into the, uh, the the theoretical science behind time travel or anything like that, but I think that they got into it enough for it to be kind of you know be kind of fun, even though I feel like again there just wasn't enough of the whole time travel thing yeah no, i agree i just to me it didn't excel in any of the various different genres that it's working in but again like the performances and the characters themselves are good enough that it's mildly entertaining i would say like it's not a waste of time i don't think no i think ultimately it's not a waste of time but i just i i feel like when i went into this it has the same kind of tone as something like freaky or the happy death day movies. And those three movies do this kind of style of horror movie way better. I think, um, even though, you know, happy death day is time loop. And then freaky is like a body swap type scenario. So they're not quite the same, but tonally aesthetically it's pretty pretty similar Uh, but like I would recommend those movies way above this movie 
Yeah, I gotta check those out. Especially Happy Death Day. Oh yeah, the first skip brought up the first Happy Death Day. I, I I didn't mind the second one, but the first one is is definitely worth worth a look. That's now that's a good that's a good uh, horror comedy. Gotcha. Gets it right. Does it right. Wow. Good to hear. Anyway, let's go ahead and give uh, Totally Killer a score. I'm at like, uh, I'm I'm pretty much straight down the middle on this one, so I'm at like a five. I was going to say the exact same thing. I'm right down the middle. Yeah. I mean, it's on Amazon Prime. It, you know, it's, so if you have Prime, you can watch it for free. Again, it. I will, it, say, I will say that, like, it's starting out, like, on Halloween. Like, all right. That gives you a little bonus. You know when it takes place. Oh yeah, I, I yeah, that, nice. That opening seek, scene when it was like during Halloween, I got I got really amped up for that. I know, same here. Cool. Uh, okay, that's totally killer. Uh, let's talk about someone we've been watching. Kevin, it's your turn this week. Oh, I watched Massacre at Central High from 1976. Oh, okay, all right. Tell me about this. Directed by Renee Daldler. Uh, you need to see this. This should be more well-known. This movie is uh, nuts. It's crazy. The The poster is kind of, um, I would say, false advertisement. Well, that's... This is kind of, a, it's kind of a horror movie, but it's not, it's like, it's not a slasher. Because, like, that poster tells you slasher, right? But it's not that. And it's not really a horror movie, but it kind of is. This is surprisingly more like a, uh, like a class struggle type movie, but it does involve a good uh, amount of death. So this new guy goes to a new school and his buddy, like an old friend of his is already at this school. So his buddy's like, Hey man, I'm in with the cool kids. I'm going to help you out. And you're just kind of like, well, this is kind of weird. Like this setup. We'll come to find out that like the three cool kids, like they run the school and they are fucking ruthless. So if they don't like you, they will, like, make your life living hell. Well, this new kid, he's for the people. He's like, I don't, don't want to be with the bullies. Fuck those guys. And he, like, kind of fights back. The bullies fuck him up. And he says, yeah, you know what? I'm just going to kill you motherfuckers now. And oh. he kills them in uh, very elaborate ways. Like, he gets his revenge. And the interesting thing is, like, at no point, like, these kids are dying and stuff, right? And at no point are you like, wow, I wonder who's doing the killing. No, you know exactly who's doing the killing. And then the problem, though, is is he kills the bullies and it creates this kind of like power where all the like kids that were getting bullied, right, that he was helping out. You know, he's like, hey, man, you know, I helped all you guys out. Now we don't have to live under their tyrannical rule. Like we can just be, you know, just live our lives. Well, those kids don't want that anymore. They want to be the new rulers. So then he has to deal with that. It's just a super interesting movie. Some great kills, though. Really creative kills. Uh, one guy, so you get that. He kills a dude by hang gliding. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, there's some explosions. We get some dynamite usage happening. Hell yeah. It's just, it, yeah, it's it definitely checking out. You will not be disappointed. Cool, yeah. I uh, definitely added this to my list. That's Massacre Tubi. Massacre at Central High. Check it out on on Tubi. And it's also on Criterion Collection, though. 
that's where I watched it. Nice. Uh, let's see. I'll start with some of the the newer releases that came out this week, and uh, start with Pet Cemetery Bloodlines. Mm-hmm. Uh, this one was uh, not something that I really had high hopes for. I did not like the remake of Pet Cemetery whatsoever. And this one is it, it's more like a sequel to that to to that remake. It it has kind of the same look and vibe. So it, it uh it's like a prequel, really. It it takes place in 1969. So you know, I was thinking, well, at least maybe it'll have like a cool kind of vintage aesthetic to it, but not really. I mean, it's, it's, it's just another pet cemetery movie. Not, none of it is scary. There's nothing new here. There's nothing creative. Uh, the acting is meh, whatever, meh. Uh, it's surprising. Some of the people who are in this, you got Henry Thomas, Pam Greer, David Duchovny. People know these, you know, these, these are known names. Yeah, it, it just it none of it works. Uh, it basically what you have here is the op like the beginning of the movie. Uh, David Duchovny's character already brought his son back. His son was killed in Vietnam, and he used the the cemetery to bring his son back to life. Uh, so that whole like thing is is already established at the beginning. The rest of the movie is just like sort of this like small town life thing where you, you have like the two main characters who are trying to leave town, go out, go to the peace corps, but then they discover that, well, their friend is, he came back from Vietnam and he's just, he's not quite right. Um, so, and then due to something happening, it, it kind of keeps them in the town and then they have to go up against, you know, the, this, uh, the person who came back from the dead. And what, what this person is doing, what this kid is doing, is he's killing people and then burying them in the cemetery to bring them back, too. So you have, like, a, a like a bunch of people coming back. Mm, too many people coming back. Yeah, probably. you know, like, at the onset, it sounds kind of interesting, but they just don't do anything interesting with it. Like, it, it just ends up feeling like a super kind of generic <laughs> Yeah, because it seems like they... They took the the original idea and they're like, what if more people came back? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not, you know, it, it's not good, but it's like not an absolute train wreck either. Like it's, it's a, it's still above what you would think of with like a straight to video sequel of like a Hellraiser movie or something like that. Like the production quality is still fairly high here and you know, I, it was entertaining, mildly entertaining. But I can't. I can't recommend it. If you have um, Paramount Plus, it's on there. So, pets. If you have, <laughs> if you're one of the ten people that has Paramount Plus, check it out. Pet, pet Cemetery Bloodlines. I wonder what's going to be next. Pet Cemetery Aftermath. Oh yeah, you're slowly getting your money's worth with Paramount Plus. One of these. One of these days, that investment is going to pay off. Yeah. I don't, I don't think it's going to be anytime soon. Uh, I finally watched Child's Play, 1988. You know Chucky? You heard of Chucky? Uh, yeah, I'm a I'm a fan of this series. He's he's a doll, comes to life. He's got Brad Dourif inside of him. Hell yeah! Which is exactly what you want from a murderous doll. You want Brad Dourif to be inside of it. 
And uh, so I finally watched this for the first time. This is on HBO Max. And I mean, I wasn't blown away by any stretch. I did find the, the, the Chucky stuff like towards the end of this movie pretty impressive. Got uh got pretty disturbing. Like as he's like slowly being dismantled. And I thought the the kid, you know, Alex Vincent, you know, the kid that gets Chucky. I thought that was a pretty great performance from a kid. I was not expecting that yeah. in a horror movie. Yeah. But man, that kid that kid's selling this idea. Like I <laughs> I was buying in. Because you know, I'm going into it. I'm like, it's a fucking doll. Just pick it up by the ankles and smash it against the wall. What the fuck, man? But they this kid sold it to me where I'm like, hey, yeah, I totally get it. I'm scared of this doll. There's still that part of me was like, pretty sure you can kill this thing rather easily. But they don't. They well, fuck up. You well, know, you know, adults don't know what they're doing. The, the one the one thing about this is that he's sneaky. Like, you think to yourself, oh, it's like a two foot doll. I'll just you know drop kick it or whatever. But he he they don't he he sneaks up on you. You don't know. Sometimes they've gotten their hands on him plenty of times, but they're too scared. But he it's also like, he also has like human ma- human man strength too. Yeah, but it's still two foot tall. True. Yeah. Yeah. True. I mean, I guess I could be different if I had to go toe to toe with Chucky. But as soon as I see Chucky move, I'm fucking that thing up. <laughs> Just I'm not waiting for like it. and yeah. <laughs> I don't give a shit about backstory. I don't care how the voodoo stuff works. I don't give a shit about any of it. I'm destroying it. As soon as I see it move, it's destroyed. Right? And that's the problem is they're like, oh, well, we got to find out like what's going on. No, you don't. You kill it. Just kill it immediately. Just destroy it. Yeah. But I will say that, I mean, it's not, it's definitely not up there with, uh, the other, I would say like horror canon films. You know what I mean? I was like, eh, it's all right. I don't know, like, how much further down the road I'm going to go with Child's Play, like, as a series. But it was it was fine. I would say if you are curious to 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 keep going with it, um, two and three are, I think they're they're worth a look. I think I think they're they're all. I, I like the whole series. I'm not a huge fan of um, Bride and Seed, which is th- those are the ones that it started getting kind of goofy. And then after that, there was like a really long break. And then they came back with, um, curse and cult. And those are back to like kind of horror roots and, and those, but, but really I think that the original trilogy is probably enough. Okay. Yeah. I would probably stop there if I, cause there's too many chalkies. I'm sorry. There's too many of these. There's, there's a good number. There's a good number of Chuckies. There's too many. I don't know how many, but I know it's too many. Yeah, there's there's a decent number of, of Chuckies. Well, uh, I'll deviate from my new stuff and and t- talk about another Brad Dourif movie. Hell and that's, yeah. that's Night Watch from 1997. This is directed by Ole Bornad- Bornadal. This is a... Uh, kind of a horror psychological horror movie maybe or even just like a crime thriller it was definitely cashing in on the on the fincher trend of the of the late 90s like it felt very reminiscent of seven or one of you know one of those movies where uh ewan mcgregor plays a, a college student who takes a job as a night watchman 
at, at a morgue and oh, there's a uh, there's a serial killer on the loose and the the bodies of the serial killer are being stored in this morgue that he's watching and some kind of weird stuff starts to happen and it he like he starts to get implicated in some of the murders because some some strange evidence starts to pop up that kind of might point him point point the the finger at him as being a suspect uh, you also have Nick Nolte in here Patricia Arquette Josh Brolin uh, this is actually a remake of a movie that came out like two years yeah. two, two years or three years prior from the same director uh, it was a Danish film I believe yeah I was very confused because I brought that up and I'm like what are, what are you talking about <laughs> Yeah, the the original one starred Nikolaj Kulster Waldu. So I I have not seen the original. Uh, something tells me that it's probably close to if not a shot for shot remake just looking at yeah, how things were back then. And the fact that it was just only a few years apart and same director and everything. I I imagine it's the exact same. They did make a yeah. sequel, I believe. Um in in Denmark but I don't know yeah I'm not familiar with the sequel really and I don't know that I'll explore it but anyway this was it was pretty good it was a pretty decent like kind of mystery crime thriller with maybe some light horror elements to it um but yeah I would I would recommend it light recommend night watch yeah, I got yeah. a late recommend for um, Trick or Treat from 2007. I okay. Tell me about uh, it. Uh, I think I think the 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 thing that really works for me in this one is because it it truly has that you know it all takes place on Halloween night, right? And it's a very festive Halloween in this town, yeah. Of, burn in ohio and i think that did a lot for me where it was like oh man this feels like a fucking halloween horror movie i think that this is like a, a halloween classic this is uh, like this was such an interesting movie when it came out because it had no fanfare whatsoever it had like a really weird i don't even know if it had like a full like theatrical release there was like a lot of weirdness, and then when it did finally come out, it like immediately had a cult following. Yeah, I can see because it's it's yeah. kind of like a fun, like it's an anthology film, but it's not. Yeah, and it's just like going from like there's multiple stories in this town, and we're going from character to character, and it kind of does that loop around back to the beginning, which is kind of fun. Yeah, I like this movie a lot. Yeah i I was surprised by this one. I enjoyed this more than I thought I would. And I think, again, because of the whole Halloween night, like, man. It really... Sometimes when I'm looking for a horror movie and you give me that full fall Halloween mm -hmm, feel, mm -hmm. man, it's such a boost. Yeah. You know, like kids, you know, you got your suburban, suburban neighborhood, leaves are falling, kids yep. running down the street pumpkins and all of that like it, it really captures that you get the, the grumpy 
guy that lives in their neighborhood, which, come on, kids, like, he's got no lights on. His house looks like shit. <laughs> Why are you knocking on his door for candy? Come on. Yeah. He's not, he don't have anything. And he has even less at the end of the film. True. Yeah, I, I like Trick or Treat a lot. I think it's it's really cool. Uh, speaking of anthologies, I saw VHS eighty five, which came out this uh, this past weekend. Uh, it's on Shutter. Now, I was not really into. In fact, I I think I hated the last VHS, which was VHS ninety nine. The one before that I liked a lot, VHS ninety four. This one I think is better than. Better than 94, um, better than the third one, which was, I think, called VHS Viral. Uh, I think it's this is probably maybe the second or third best in the series. Uh, that's not to say that, that, they, that all of the segments knocked it out of the park, because they didn't. There were a couple of the segments that I just wanted to be over. I was not into. Um, specifically, there's one called Techno God uh, by Natasha Kermani. I just was not into it. Like it looked okay. I liked the idea of it. It was like an eighties version of like, it was like what VR, like how VR was represented in the eighties. And I liked that. I just felt like it didn't really bring much to the table. Like there just wasn't much to it. Um, The other segments I thought were, were fine. The kind of wraparound segment, like the one that they come back to like maybe three or four times is was di- directed by David Bruckner. Uh, that one I was not a fan of either. Uh, so like every time they would come back to that one, I was like, Ugh, okay, let's move on. Um, the w- There's a one directed by Scott Derrickson that's quite good. That one's called Dream Kill. And that one is actually set in the same universe as the Black Phone. So it's like, okay, yeah, um, which I didn't know, but I read that. So (laughs) I I wasn't really paying it because I read it after I saw it. So I wasn't really paying attention to like confirm that it was connected somehow. But uh, I I guess evidently it is. Obviously, all of these uh, segments take place in 1985. So everything is actually shot on VHS. So because of that, it just looks so dirty and grungy and grimy and all of the like kind of violence and like moments of gore are really accentuated because of that. And it's just, I I think that that's a really, it was a really good choice to do that. I know that they did it with 94. I don't know if they entirely did it with 94, but I, I remember like large portions of that were actually shot on VHS. Uh, the Mike P. Nelson segment, No Wake, I liked a lot. That was probably my favorite one. Um, that was one that had like kind of two parts to it as well. Like they, there was like the first part and then they came back to it later. Um, mm. It's, I think it's, it's, it's good. I think it's worth a, worth a look again. Not, not all the segments are, are super strong. The Gigi Saw Guerrero one, God of Death starts off good but i feel like it, it's kind of falls apart um towards the end it, it starts out really strong with this like an earthquake and like half or more of the uh the segment just feels like it's kind of a survival story not not necessarily like traditional horror where where it's like the people in this uh tv studio who are kind of trapped after this earthquake 
So it starts off kind of interesting, but where it goes, you know, I, I don't know. I just um, wasn't super into it, but um, f- overall, I think that it was a strong entry. I think that it was leaps and bounds above 99 and um, sort of a sort of a re- return to form for the series. I liked the, you know, it didn't all come together great as far as like how it was edited you know like they did a fairly decent job of making you feel like this is just like a vhs tape that like got had a million things taped over on it and like you know it'll like cut away and there'll be like part of a commercial for something and then like they did okay with that but also like some of the stuff just i feel like didn't quite work like um like for instance the dream kill segment with Scott Derrickson had a lot of um, like dash cam footage from, from cop cars. And I'm thinking to myself, like, I don't think they had dash cams in 1985. Like, I just don't think that was really something that would, would exist. And he, he, like he did the best he could to get around that. Like a lot of it was like kind of uh, security cam footage from within like a police station and stuff. But yeah, I don't know. At any rate, I still recommend it. VHS 85. Check it out. Let's take a look at what we have in theaters this week. Uh, re- really, the only thing is uh, Taylor Swift, The Eras Tour. That's it. There you go. So, check it out if you're... Uh, what do they call them? Swifties or something? There's like a term for Taylor Swift fanatics. I think you're correct. I think it is Swifties. Check it out if you're a Swifty. On VOD this week, starting with October 10th, we have Impuritus. That's like a, some kind of horror movie. We got I Get Knocked Down, which is a, it's a rock doc about Chumbawamba. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so, as soon as he said that, it's, like, it's got to be a rock doc about Chumbawamba. Oh, it definitely is. Uh, we got Garden City, Kansas. Mercy mm-hmm. Road. And then on the thirteenth, we have Dear David. That's a that's a horror movie. We've got the Bell Keeper, which appears to also be a horror movie. Ring the bell. We got the Lost Weekend, a love story. Looks like something about maybe uh, Lennon and and Yoko Ono, maybe from the cup. Okay. Look looks from the cover. Uh, Dark Harvest. Oh no. Evil stalks is the tagline of that one. Oh, please tell me it's like killer corn. I don't think it's killer corn, but maybe it is killer corn. I think Children of the Corn has the killer corn market cornered. Yeah. Oh man. Defeat the murderous scare. Nah. Salt tooth jack. Oh, salt tooth jack. Actually, you know what? I saw... Uh, I, I do remember seeing a trailer for this. It looked really bad. Um, we also have 15 cameras. We got... And then we also have The Burial, which is going to be on Amazon Prime. That's the one with Tommy Lee Jones and Jamie Foxx. 15 cameras. Is that like the... More of the... Isn't there like a cameras mm-hmm. series? Is that like another one? It's the third one, yeah. This is the third one? Yeah, there's. it started with 13 cameras, then 14, now 15. And you know what the interesting thing is with the 15s? 
the 15 cameras. What's that? Danny Madden is the director. Really? Yeah. It, it I'm I actually just uh added this series to my watch list cuz I don't think I've seen any of these movies and I'm kind of curious. So I um I'm going to try to watch watch this series. That's crazy. Danny, Danny Madden. Danny Madden. Haven't heard that name in a while. Yeah. All right. Um, Blu-ray this week. Uh, let's see. We're working with October 10th. Rosemary's Baby's coming out in a new release. Uh, 4K. A Bronx Tale from 1993. Pumpkinhead from 1988. Let's see. Megan. Uh, I feel like that must have already had some sort of release, but I guess not. So I guess I guess that's the first first time Megan's coming out on Blu-ray. That wasn't bad. That was nearly. I I was expecting that to be really bad, and uh, I actually mm-hmm. I actually kind of enjoyed it. So I'd give Megan a light recommend. Um, Friday the Thirteenth, the original nineteen eighty one, is getting a re-release. The Boogeyman from. Uh, this year, earlier this year, coming out. Right. Um, the Dead Mother from 1993. Dead Mother, 1993, huh? Yeah, it's got a really creepy cover. What is what is this? I'm not familiar with this. <clears throat> hmm. A criminal shoots and kills a painting restorer during a bungled burglary and shoots her daughter as well. 20 years later, the daughter has been left mute and with a mental age of a child spending most of her time in a mental home. Seems like a light and uplifting tale. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jules is coming out. That's the one that's, uh, that recently dropped with uh, uh, Ben Kingsley, I believe, about the alien that like crash lands in his yard and he takes care of it or whatever. No. <laughs> Uh, creepy crawly, which is that the one that I mentioned a couple weeks ago, um, that should not be called creepy crawly. It's called the 100 oh, originally yes, yes. about the, cra- the crazy centipede attack. Uh, Gross. yeah, that one I recommend, but that just, I feel like they bungled that American release name title. Everybody's fucking bungling shit. Yeah. Come on. Uh, that's pretty much it. What about Criterions? Oh, we got one, and that's 1983's Videodrome, Cronenberg. Nice. 4K UHD. Yeah, that was that was released previously. I know that. Yes. I'm I'm looking here also at a movie that's coming out called Dick Shark. Wait. <laughs> Dick Shark. No, uh, needs research. And. No. Not on letterbox. Is it one word? Yeah, it's all it's one word. Okay. There we go. Dick Shark. Uh I don't know anything about it. It came out in twenty sixteen. It's four hundred and eighty minutes, according to Blu-ray.com. That can't be right. No one <laughs> Dick Shark for that long. Four hundred and eighty minutes? The director's name oh. is Bill Zabub. I I feel like that name Something. I'm familiar with that name. Huh. Oh, man. 
that's a that's a yeah that's a rabbit hole you don't want to go down i think yeah now i got that in my history god damn it fortunately i was able to click on the name from within blu-ray.com so i don't think that it uh ruined everything with mine i am familiar with that director though i i don't know where i saw something like he was featured in a documentary maybe or something but i i know the name and i'm familiar with the title of some of these movies yeah this one this one review does say watch the seven hour cut of dick shark like i'm so confused i i have to i'll do more research on this offline because it looks like the original cut was only 200 minutes so it's just multiple cuts of Dick Shark for some reason. Oh, no one, not one person asked for any of these cuts. Yeah, I gotta, I gotta look into this one more. If it's a porn, I'm not gonna bother. I mean, it looks like it might be a porn. Oh, I'm sure it's. I'm sure it's very poor taste. Yeah. Anyway, um, I think that's gonna do it for this week. Thank you so much for listening. You can send us your questions and topics to podcastfilmpulse.net. If you could could take take a minute to give us a review on iTunes, that'd be great. For Kevin Rakeshaw, my name's Adam Patterson. We'll see you next week.